Hey everyone, Ben here, and just wanted to let you know this episode is the audio-only version of a YouTube video that we posted over on our YouTube channel, which I just want to ask you, go ahead, please go to youtube.com slash strangersandaliens, subscribe, like our videos, please. There's lots of book reviews and devotionals and weak connections and stuff over there, youtube.com slash strangersandaliens. But the reason I wanted to put this out in both feeds, both on video and here in audio, is because the book that I am talking about in this episode is a book that is a direct inspiration to me to, well, Strangers and Aliens would not be what it is without this book that my dad bought when I was in kindergarten and that I read when I was in high school and is still inspiring me today. So without any further ado, here's the episode. Episode 395, The Force of Star Wars, a book review. Is it worth reading? Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. (laughs) To boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Superman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Ben, Ben Avery, and this is Strangers and Aliens. Strangers and Aliens started out as a podcast about 11 years ago, almost 400 episodes ago, and now we're doing this video feed as well, but the the primary purpose behind the podcast remains the same, and that's we wanted to have a conversation about Christianity and creativity. We wanted to have a conversation about faith and fantasy, about science fiction and spirituality. And that has meant, you know, like I said, 400 episodes on the audio feed. That's meant a few episodes here now on the video feed. But it's it's always had that purpose behind it is just how these fictional things engage our creative nature and engage our spiritual side and inspire us as well. Well, today I'm going to talk about a book and I'm asking the question, is it worth reading? Uh, a book that has been out for, well... It came out a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. The book is this book right here, The Force of Star Wars. Now, this book right here, honestly, I honestly believe that without this book, Strangers and Aliens wouldn't be a thing because of what this book does. This book, when uh, when my father bought this book years and years ago, it was right after the first Star Wars movie had come out. And this book was all about just that popular culture phenomenon, but then taking that popular culture phenomenon and extrapolating spiritual ideas from it. It's written by a man named Frank Allnut. And this man wrote this book about that one movie, that one movie that came out so long ago. And I 
tried to read it when I was four years old. I did not get very far. I did enjoy looking at it because it had pictures in it from 20th Century Fox and Frank Allnut had connections with some of the people at 20th Century Fox who were in charge of promotion and those kind of things. And so he actually has, you know, photos in there. And this was one of the few places where I actually could take a look at things from Star Wars outside of the comic books and my action figures. And so I remember looking at this and trying to read it. It wasn't until I really got into junior high or high school that I was able to actually dig into this book and actually see what it had to say. And I, again, I would say that because of this book, some of the things we do with strangers and aliens um, are, are what we do where we take a look at things from pop culture and we take a look at things from our own spiritual life and things from the Bible. And so this book then caused me to be able to think about pop culture stuff in a different light, where I was able to start taking a look at what I was taking in and see what nuggets of truth there might be in those things. And then I would have conversations about this stuff with my friends at, at school and with my Bible teacher in high school. And uh, But this book was the thing that kind of opened my eyes to the kinds of things that we've been doing here with, with strangers and aliens, with weak connections and things like that. Now, I would say this book is not a book of weak connections. There might be a few in there, but it's not necessarily a book of weak connections. But the question, of course, is, is it worth reading? And so, as you know, if I'm talking about it on this video, I'm, I'm probably going to say, yes, it is worth reading. I, I would say it's worth reading for a couple different reasons. One is that it is a curiosity. This is a book that comes from a time period where there was only one Star Wars movie, and there was only one way to get information about Star Wars, and that was either to read the novelization or to go and watch the movie. And you didn't even really have the option to rewatch the movie aside from going to the theater, which is why so many people went to the theater many, many times because they wanted to see it again and again and again. VCRs were not in vogue. They existed, but they were expensive. If you got the movie adaptation of the comic book, you could relive the story. I had the uh, book and record set for the first Star Wars movie. That was one way I was able to relive the story, but there wasn't a lot of ways to really take in that huge cultural juggernaut like there is now. You know, when these movies hit VHS, that was huge. That was a big, big deal because you could repeat view these things. Now, he did do an update to this book. After Return of the Jedi, he put out a book called Unlocking the Mysteries of the Force. And it is mostly the same book with some extra material about the other two movies. But one thing, again, just to kind of talk about how, you know, this is a cultural, uh, not curiosity, but artifact. That's maybe a better word. A cultural artifact is this. <laughs> Look right here. It says the three movies right there. They're Star Wars. They're The Empire Strikes Back. And they're Return of the Jedi. No episode four, episode five, episode six. No A New Hope even. This is just what we called them when we talked about these three movies. And so that's kind of a nice little, little blast from the past. And I have actually started getting in the habit where I do call the first Star Wars movie A New Hope or episode four, because I have to clarify when I talk about the first Star Wars movie, which movie am I talking about? But anyway, if you look at the back of the book here, you know, you can see it's it's doing the same thing. Uh, it's just got some added information because Star Wars at this point had been out for years now and had novels, a few, had comic books and had source book materials. And so there's a little more to work with. This one doesn't have any of the illustrations. A lot of the chapter titles are still the same, and it does get into the same ideas, 
but I'm not talking about this book. I really want to talk about this one right here because this is the one. This is the one that I have nostalgia for. This is the one that I read a few times when I was in junior high and high school. This is the one that when I reread it just a week or so ago, I had so much fun revisiting a time when there was only one. There was only one movie. As a result, though, he does make some extrapolations that don't really go along with the established lore or the accepted canon, whatever that means. It doesn't go along with it. Whatever your accepted canon is or your preferred canon maybe should be uh, be what I say. Um, this doesn't go along with it in some places. It, it can only extrapolate. It can only look at what the movie presented. But with that said, Frank Allnut does a wonderful job taking the spiritual ideas from the movie and and looking over at the Bible and saying, okay, this is the biblical narrative that I want to share. How can I use Star Wars to share that? And he does a great job. Now, one of the things that makes it easy is that that first Star Wars movie is so mythic. It just dives into the mythic journey of the hero. And so there's a lot of very easy extrapolations that you can make when you're talking about the journey of the hero and you're talking about mentors and things like that. But I did want to take a just a look inside at some of the things that this book says. And one just interesting tidbit from the start is here on page 20, 24. It's talking about Darth Vader. And it says here, it's just Darth Vader as pure evil. There is just nothing else to him because he only exists as pure evil. There's no Anakin. There's no idea that the father figure that Obi-Wan is talking about when he talks about Darth Vader killed your father, when he's talking about the same person and that he's telling the truth from a certain point of view. There's no idea. It just says this. Darth Vader is one good reason for the film's popularity. Darth is the personification of all that is evil. No excuses are given for his evil nature. No rationalizations. It can't be blamed on his relationship with his father. <laughs> Still can't be blamed on his relationship with his father. I mean, technically speaking. Nor has his environment fostered hostile, aggressive tendencies. Darth is evil because he wants to be. And for this reason, the audiences can boo and hiss him for what he is. He is the arch-villain and therefore deserves to incur the wrath of the audiences. And so right there, you have the statement. You have the statement that says, this is what Darth Vader was. Just on the next page over, there's kind of the thesis statement of what this book is about to do. It says, you have a date with destiny. You have potential in you that you haven't begun to develop. There is a force in the universe that you need to be plugged into. It's a power that is the source of goodness and justice. It's a power that can take a failure of a person and make him a success, a miserable person and make him joyful and a wasted person and give him purpose. That's what Star Wars is saying to the people of America. And that's why they are seeing it. And some of them again and again, Star Wars is a prophetic parable, which as the remainder of this book will explain, can change your life for the better. You too can know and experience the real secret behind the irresistible attraction of Star Wars. Now, what's interesting is from here, you, you can't really get a taste of what he's about to do, but he is about to take this idea of that there is a force in this universe that's going to change your life for the better. And then he takes that and, and starts talking about a personal God. And so that is something very important that Frank does. That is very important to to really just the whole idea of Christianity is that there is a personal God 
who loves you. He created you and he loves you. And it's in this book. You know, he doesn't just, you know, say, well, there is a force and we call it God. He actually gets into it, gets into the actual biblical uh, verses that talk about this. He talks about the theistic view. And from here, he does something that I had not encountered before when I was in high school. And that is, uh, there's a section called the many names of the true force. And it gets into a bunch of the names of God and what that reveals about the nature of God. I had never come across this before. I don't know if it was because of my age or if it was because I just wasn't paying attention, but I hadn't come across this before until reading this book. I'm pretty sure it was in high school because I can picture the room that I was sitting in when I was reading this and I actually started taking notes about it where he's talking about Elohim. He's talking about Yahweh. He's talking about Adonai. He's talking about Jehovah Jireh. He's talking about Jehovah Nisi and he's talking about other names that I'm probably going to pronounce wrong. Jehovah Sikhanu. He's talking about the Lord of hosts, the Holy One of Israel, the Ancient of Days, and that the, the God of the Bible is a living being. And so, again, I, I want to make sure that, you know, as you're looking at this book, if you're thinking about reading this book, you're not going to be getting into something that's making this idea of God is a force. No, this is the idea that God is God, a living being who loves and cares for you and about you. Moving to page 72, he's kind of continuing on with this with this thesis, this idea where there's a story. There's a story in the Star Wars movie, and he's following along that mostly chronologically, but he's also following along the chronological story of our world, starting with the fall of man and going on. And so here we have a page where he's talking about sin and he says, that's not fair. You say man doesn't have a chance against sin, but you must remember that God is perfect out of his perfect love for man. He has provided a way out for man to defeat his three enemies, Satan, sin, and death. That plan for victory is being worked out right now on planet Earth, and mankind feels itself right in the middle of the most colossal battle the universe has ever seen, the battle for men's souls between Satan and his evil spirits and God and his angelic hosts. And then he starts talking about how it's kind of like the galactic wars in Star Wars. (laughs) And so is it a weak connection? You know... The case can be made. Yeah, maybe it is a weak connection, but it's a connection. And I like weak connections because they take something that you know, they take something that you're familiar with, and they make this weak connection to an important truth. And that's what I'm trying to do anyway when I make those videos. But again, he's telling the story. And so when I flip over to page 100, the note that I have here is that, well, the note I have is telling a story. It says, Satan's plot to destroy the son of God was moving rapidly ahead, but would it work? And so for me as a Christian, it was this opportunity again, to just take a look at something I already knew the Bible, something I already knew star Wars and causing me to think about things. But I am very curious what the response was to this book by people who bought it because it was about star Wars and bought it because it was the seventies and people were interested in spirituality and new age and things like that. Um, on page uh, 122, he quotes from 1 Peter 2, verses 9 through 12, which is the Strangers and Aliens verse from the New Testament. I thought that was kind of cool. But then again, he's also, when he does that, it's a chapter about um, about betrayal. It's a chapter about Darth Vader being the Dark Invader. And Darth Vader represents kind of the Judas figure because Darth Vader, you know, betrayed the Force, betrayed the Jedi. 
destroy the Jedi, but he's talking about how we are in this world, but we are not of this world. When I jump ahead then to page 167, you have an interesting word picture that I had not thought about when I was thinking, when I have been in my life, I think about Christianity a lot, but when I think about Christ and what he did and the extrapolation that he takes then is you have Obi-Wan Kenobi is kind of a Jesus figure because he dies and he comes back in words only, but he comes back. But then he talks about how there is an invasion. And I hadn't thought about how the attack on the Death Star is a reverse invasion. You have uh, it's not even a reverse invasion. It's just an uh, an invasion. You have the X-Wings coming in and they are attacking and they are attacking. They're invading the, the enemy base. And he talks about Jesus then being a part of, uh, well, a reverse invasion. The invasion of planet Earth by Jesus Christ and his believers will bring history around full circle. All people who choose to receive Christ as their Savior, Savior and Lord will enjoy everlasting fellowship with him. And so, again, like I said, this book, it's it's a narrative of of just what it means to be a Christian, what it means when when Jesus died for us what it means to follow him and join the rebellion. I'm going to read this uh, chapter 15, the voyage to eternity. And uh, just reading a couple sentences here, kind of talking about Luke. Then Luke Skywalker knew that he had been destined for something beyond the day-to-day monotony and meaningless existence on the dusty, scorching hot plains of Tatooine. But it was Obi-Wan Kenobi who unlocked the mysteries of life for young Luke. And then he asked the question, and this is, Again, kind of falling back on that thesis from the beginning of the book. But what about you? What are you doing with your life? Do you have any meaningful purpose? What really matters in life? What are you living for? Where are you going? Like young Luke Skywalker, do you feel a voice whispering to you, urging you on to some greater destiny? That is the voice of the Spirit of God. How long have you ignored it? Well, don't turn away from him any longer. Uh, Clearly, this book was intended as an evangelical tool. And I am very curious, again, what response was to this book. Now, if you are interested in, in reading the book, uh, there's a couple different ways. One is just go to eBay. That's how I got this. I think it was on eBay. It might have been that I got this on, on Amazon. I can't remember. Um, but this is definitely out there on eBay. And I think it might be on there out there on Amazon. Uh, another way, honestly, is just to go online to frankallnut.com. If you go to the bookstore, then you will see some of the different books that he has, he has worked on and written. Uh, unlocking the mystery of the force you can read for free online. And I think that the reason that they go with this one is because it is updated and and expanded and has extra information about those three movies. So all that said, I am very excited. I was excited to revisit this and to reread this and to take some time to talk about it with you. And I'd love to hear if you've read this book before, I'd love to hear what you thought about it. I'd also love to hear if you have other books like this. There's another one that he did about Superman. And I remember the gospel according to Superman was a book that I once saw in a bookstore when I was a little kid and I picked it up and thought that looks really interesting. And it, you know, it was talking about the Superman Moses connection that I had never thought about because I was what, 10 years old, maybe not even that. Um, there was also a book that I saw once, The Gospel According to Peanuts or Gospel According to Charlie Brown or something like that. And these are all things that were happening in this form. Like this, this was podcasting before there was podcasting. Although I guess radio technically was podcasting before there was podcasting. But you know what I mean? I mean, this is the kind of thing that people were doing. We didn't invent this, but we have definitely benefited from it. And so I do want to just say, I don't think that 
Frank Alna is going to be watching this video at all, but I do, I would definitely say thank you so much for, for this book. And it meant a lot for, for me as, as a young Christian learning about my faith. And so I want to thank you so much for that, but also thank you for setting a template for us to, to follow as we're doing things like strangers and aliens, all of us owe a little bit of a debt, even if we didn't read this or see this, this was a part of the journey getting from there, 1977, to here, talking about this kind of stuff. So that's all I really have to say about that. I want to thank you so much for spending time with me. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to sit down with you and talk your ear off a little bit. Uh, thank you so much for liking and subscribing. If you haven't already, I mean, I'm, I'm thanking you ahead of time. But uh, thank you so much for liking. Thank you so much for subscribing. Thank you so much for going and checking out strangersandaliens.com or finding our podcast, Strangers and Aliens, on wherever you listen to your podcast. And so until next time, I just want to say thank you again and Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter where we are at Strange and Alien or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN. Once again, thanks for listening. Kind of talking about Luke then.